just this is all just starting all right you guys hey it's joy and claire hey guys how you guys doing so this week we have a different format a little bit it's same but it's different we had a beautiful interview with chris moore a week ago today and as everyone knows um in the crossfit community and beyond chris moore passed away last monday and um so we obviously held off on releasing the interview and we didn't even know if we 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 just passed it along to the family and um, let them make the call so the family gave us their blessing to release the episode with Chris because his words are beautiful and amazing and we want as many people as possible to hear his messages and continue to hear his messages through the amazing documentary that he's produced and the amazing episodes that he's produced through Barbell Shrugged and Barbell Buddha. Claire and I just wanted to give a little bit of an introduction to the episode that we we recorded with Chris last week. And we want to also just read what the family wrote for the um, memoriam. Uh, Here's what they posted on social media. It is with the deepest sadness that we announced the passing of our friend Chris. On Monday, June 6th, 2016, he suffered from sudden heart failure at his new home in Amsterdam and paramedics were unable to resuscitate him. Having recently been given a clear bill of health and commended by doctors for his remarkable physical transformation, it is incomprehensible that he would pass so suddenly from natural causes. We are all struggling to come to terms with this great loss. It's impossible to construct a message that sums up a man whose heart was so pure and who loved with such ferocity. A true Brahmin, he taught through action, devoting his life to guide, share, and serve others in whatever way he could. A mentor for many, his brilliance as a wordsmith drew the reader in, engaging them on common ground, the pursuit of strength. From this point, he took us by the hand and guided us on a journey of personal discovery. This was the very same path he walked to turn himself from the self-titled meathead lifter into a uniquely enlightened teacher. Using humor and his telltale no-bullshit approach, he helped us understand that to be truly strong in mind, body, and spirit— We have to embrace change in all its forms. It can be rough and painful as hell, but it leads to something far greater on the other side. Wielding his pen and chalk as deftly as a samurai, he cut down complex ideas and built back a simple and elegant message. This message was his guiding principle. Be humble and relinquish all desires. Instead, give all you have with love and life will surely deliver all its possibilities in abundance. His deep compassion and love extended outwards from being a devoted family man and loving husband to a dear friend, an inspiring coach, and a true leader. His beautiful soul will ever resonate through his work, his voice, and the words he left us. But the journey doesn't stop here. His light will continue to burn bright within Ironheart Studios which will launch as planned in the coming months. This is his legacy. We um, just feel so privileged and really blessed that we were able to have this conversation with Chris, um, you know, just a couple of days or not even two days before he passed away and um, feel really like this is a huge privilege for us to be kind of the stewards of this last interview. And we really hope that you guys enjoy it. And, you know, it we knew as soon as it was over that it was going to be an impactful episode just as is and now we hope that that impact can expand even further and just continue to carry chris's motivation into the future so if you guys want to uh, support his um latest venture which he talks about on this episode ironheart studios you can go to gofundme.com slash more ironheart that's m-o-o-r-e i-r-o-n-h-e-a-r-t and um all of that goes to chris's family and to just continuing um, his work through ironheart studios and we just want to send out more love and prayers to his family and the barbell buddha community he was just he he's an amazing being and he i just from talking to him and you'll hear through this interview that his spirit is huge it's enormous and greater than this earth and uh whatever you believe in, I truly believe that he continues to impact this world and will continue to impact this world. Again, it was a privilege, an honor and a privilege to speak with him and hear about his hopes and dreams. Um, He is one of a kind and we hope you are touched by this interview as Claire and I both were. Thank you guys. Okay. Ready? 
Yes. All right. You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And it's Claire. This is episode 153. This episode is sponsored by 4athletics.com, F-O-U-R, athletics.com. We've been so excited that they are our new sponsor, and they have fabulous, fabulous clothes. We've been posting on social media all of the clothes that we've been wearing, This, the leggings, the tanks. We just got some men's clothing, yeah. and Brandon tested it out this Brandon morning. Brandon was doing the, the runway in Joy's Kitchen, and yeah. they are, you know, and they're like their shorts especially and the men's pants and men's shorts are really similar in quality to something you would get from like lululemon yep and but so much cheaper and all made in the u.s exactly so you can use code ggw for 10 percent off and when you go on the site there's been a little bit of confusion it the um prices are listed as crowdfunding a better way to explain it really is that you're pre-ordering because they um basically you order in a batch and then that way they can send the whole batch and get it directly from the manufacturer rather than having to keep a stock in a warehouse and that's how they keep their prices down and that also is how they're able to keep their manufacturing in the u.s so if you're confused about that that's what's going on it's really more of like a pre-order yes so for athletics f-o-u-r athletics.com and we've said this whole time that we really love working with people that are just genuinely nice people and they are really 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 nice so please support the podcast by supporting for athletics.com again f-o-u-r athletics.com this episode is also sponsored by kalo maker of the silicone wedding rings q-a-l-o.com and the code g-g-w also gets you a discount on kalo this week we're so excited to welcome chris moore to the show hi chris hi Chris. Hi. thanks for having me guys oh my gosh Pleasure. i feel like i am talking i have so many things to say but i was um <laughs> i'm gonna try not to be to totally geek out but i was thinking about this morning and i was like wow i get to talk to chris and i don't think well i know you don't know this because i've never really sat down and had a conversation with you but your podcasts were the inspiration for us to start girls gone wad podcast i didn't even Is that know true? that yeah mm-hmm <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I think that's an honor to say. Yeah. And and I say this because I I started listening to podcasts forever ago. Like in the She was an early podcast I was a, adopter. Yeah. Like way, 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 way back in the day when there was like maybe ten podcasts that were Is that like in the two thousands? <laughs> exactly. And um Back in the day back when the 2000s were in the, a thing. Back in the Y2K. Y2K. Um, yeah, Y2, the Y2K. I remember that. I was worried about my computer files. <laughs> yeah. And that makes me that makes me very old. I know, I'm just dating myself. Oh, I did too. I'm older than you, Chris. It's okay. Um, you know what? I think we're all in the camp that feels old together at this point. We all can now rally against the youths. Yes, exactly. And their, and their Snapchat. Somebody started, said, "Chris, you got to get on Snapchat now." I'm like, I'm not fucking getting on another social media. Oh, I love you for saying that. Forever. We resisted for the longest time. We finally time. did get on it, but for like, we had an account for like two years. Two and years. We were like, nope. Yeah. We had yeah, there's a lot of buttons in here I, I don't yeah. I think oh. my old man eyes are kicking out. I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, I know we constantly would just be texting each other and just saying why more screw apps. Screw this. Yeah, why more apps? Why more social media? There's a new app yeah. called like Peach or something right now. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that. Yeah. So no. I I me and my cane over here, I'm just like shaking my cane at people yeah, like get off, yeah. get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. I'm at the point now where if I had to fit, create another online account or if I go in and retrieve what my password was for another one of these accounts, I will go crazy. Yes. I, just, I close my computer, I push it away, I go, anything I had to get in there is not this important. Yeah, it's crazy. very Push just, the computer away. Yeah. Did you see the thing about how there was a MySpace uh, breach in like 2013? And so it was like, they're just now coming out with it. And they're, they're saying, so anyone who created a MySpace account before 2013 needs to reset their password. And everyone's like, so everyone. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> so good luck remembering your MySpace password from 2005. Like, do I have to go to the library and look that up in a card yeah. catalog? How to do that shit? <laughs> so okay, so back to me. No, I'm kidding. I uh, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Not really, but I remember Excuse listening me. to your podcast. Um, the you know, Barbell Shrugged. Of course, everyone knows this podcast. It's the number one CrossFit podcast. We can't say CrossFit. Can't podcast. say CrossFit podcast. Um, the number one. Uh, uh, CrossFit related, yes, uh, professional exercisers podcast um, (laughs) for people who might be interested in doing CrossFit. And I remember listening to this because I was just into the CrossFit world. And I, you know, of course, listening to podcasts, I was like, this is really cool. I wonder if there's any podcasts about CrossFit. Fast forward, I started listening to you guys. I was really, really inspired. And I just loved everyone's personalities. And then of course, I saw the Barbell Buddha offshoot. And I love what you have to say there. And just it was it just really inspired me to say, wow, there's there's not so much a female voice in this world. Maybe that's something 
we could create here. So I just want to thank you for that because the con the content you guys have put out over the years has been very inspirational and um, continues to be inspirational. And I, I think especially you, I've always felt like you've been the one, at least for me, I think everyone likes to identify with you guys as, as um, like, oh, I relate more to this person or I relate more to this person. And I feel like I've always had some sort of like connection to what you've had to say the most, especially because I think just on a spiritual level, I'm like, that's kind of my vibe. Um, so, so I just want to say thank you first and foremost for what you've done for that community and what you continue to create. That really does mean a lot. Like I said, if I'm really going for anything and if we've gone for anything, it's like just finding that place where, um, I like to say that knowledge on its own is just not, I grew up in sports science. Well, I studied it and then studied it in college, and I was obsessed with it and obsessed with performance, like any coach trying to always get at this uh, mystery scroll, holy grail type thing. And how do I just do this really great? And then how do I teach it really great? Because I was trying to teach too and share what I was learning. And at some point, I just realized that you know you just can't just be all about knowledge and theory and all of this stuff that can be known because it confuses people. It, it mucks up the worst. And I started seeing how I could just tie these ideas together with with something that's more common. I was like uh, influences like Anthony Bourdain and shows where people were using food and music and culture to communicate things that were a little deeper, things that were uh, you know deeper cultural, dip, deeper political, deeper real life issues. And I go, man, I really think if I could ring a bell that hits a little closer to home, that I could get some of these ideas to really resonate. If they resonate through story and jokes and just common things that you experience in the gym with your friends, if I could hit that note, and I could sneak in some science, and I could sneak in <laughs> some, you know, some 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 habit and some personal development and some things that I was vigorously taking to myself to try to improve myself and like shape myself all along the way, and we're all doing that. Yeah, and it's that crossroads where I think real magic happens. Like it's just not enough to know if you feel and hear and something resonates with your heart, and then you can then take what you've experienced and then put that to use. You know, you can read about making a fire, you can watch people make a fire, then you can feel the heat yourself. And then once you feel and know fire, you can really make something out of it, cook for yourself. That's That's been my whole motivation is finding where these areas cross over, where, where people resonate, where what they really want to hear, and that way we can really help them. And that is a, a really good lead into what the crap are you doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> Man. Because everyone um, wants to know. Because I feel like everyone knows <laughs> you from the podcasts and the content that you've been putting out. But it's kind of like you went off the – not off the, not grid, off the but, grid. But there's a lot of, there's a lot that's been brewing. There's, so some, let's, there's <laughs> a lot of mystery surrounding. Yeah. yeah we want to unlock I'm the I'm a mystery. man of mystery. I guess yeah. not an international man of mystery. Yeah. Totally. There you go. If I tell you too much, I'll just seem boring and normal. I know. You don't have to guy. share it all. We can be secretive. <laughs> Talking code. Yeah. I have to keep my fake mustache on this experience. No, I just, um, yeah, I, I can't even say why I'm like this, but I just have, and my wife will, will nod her head and like, yes, yeah, he's doing this. Jesus, he's doing this. But I get very <laughs> aggressive on the um, going further and seeing what can be done better for the sake of the greater good front. I take it so seriously that as people around me see, I will. I've just burned uh, down what was in my life only because I'm so eager to push and to find out what I am actually capable of and to get back at what I think I can really achieve. And the thing about this uh, podcast path from 2011 to now, it's, you learn so much, you meet so many great people, and you guys have probably felt it after having this many conversations. You just can't remain unchanged. And I'm the kind of person when, when a thing occurs to me that can be done, and it should be done, uh, a challenge and a real experience that I know will be, you know, once I do it, I can ring a bell and create a whole host of new experiences and new insights that I can kind of get familiar with and pull into what I teach and share. Once I see that I can do that, I just can't look back. And about, well, earlier this year, let's see, what, I don't know what date it is. It's summertime. <laughs> uh, I don't know what day is in time. Summertime in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So earlier this year, I just had a vision hit me like, you should go, you should go to Amsterdam, Chris. It was like a clear download of just a truth. And uh, I came here because I love it here. It's an inspiring city. And I had just been doing a whole hell of a lot of stuff on a certain path. You know, we put out um, thousands of videos and podcasts and, and blog posts in that four or five year stretch. And before that, I spent a decade 
writing vigorously in the science, sports science world. And at some point you go, you know what, what else can I do? I, I, one of the best lines I've ever heard from one of my heroes, Josh Homme, the uh, Ginger Elvis lead singer, Queens of Stone Age. <laughs> uh, I know you're a said, huge music person too. I love yeah. how you really, you really geek out on music and on Barbell yeah. Buddha, which is amazing. It's important. Like res- yeah. music resonates. And if I can, if you can hit an emotional chord with music and then tie a message that jives with it so subtly, you can change people without them really even knowing what you're doing. You can really have them really think hard about it and have a have a real resonating thing leave with them. Like I very carefully try to pick a dope tune, and that way when you hang up the phone after talking to me on the podcast, you go out and really think more about it. It's not just a way to burn through an hour. But anyway, uh, Josh Homme. Josh mm-hmm, Homme. Like, mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, I, see, I, so I, I do these things. When he, you know, he's in a former band that played much heavier music and was much more aggressive and traditional and all that. Somebody asked him, why did you leave that to start this other thing, which is much more diverse, Queens of Stone Age, that I love so much because it has all these elements in it. It's got what you want. It's got a little thump and, you know, uh, aggression and that rock vibe. But it's also surprisingly sexy and groovy and, and can be slow at times. And he said, there was all this other stuff I had inside me that I felt like, why, if I can't develop that and bring it out, I'm not really whole. I'm not really doing all I might to fully express myself and bring out what might be brought out. That's always resonated with me. It's why I could have spent forever trying to squeeze the last bits of blood from the power thing stone and the strength stone, and I've just about damn near done that. But once you know a lot about a thing, and once you, you have the experience, and once you know the roadmap of the place, you know, and you just know you're comfortable, as soon as you're comfortable, what are you going to do? you got to get uncomfortable, push your limits, try something. It's one reason why now I'm just really, really committed to getting a new environment with my family and have that have the have the system uh, and the environment I put myself in trigger new growth because it just has to. You know, take a an organism, put it in a new environment, it has to adapt, and I want to adapt. But I'm very eager to draw what's left to be drawn out and really express new things. So I'm just not very interested in saying what I've said before. I want to say new things that push the ball forward and help create new connections and, and shed light on new ideas. Just kind of the way I'm built. That's the kind of animal I am. So what was the pull for Amsterdam, and what do you hope to accomplish there? Well, I have some family here. Uh, my sister, oh. Abby, and her new uh, husband, Tom, live here. Oh, yeah, they just got married. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it was. we had a big Memphis celebration. That's when I, I, had, I ate way too many of these little uh, uh, chicken and waffle bites. Oh, amazing. <laughs> sounds like a wonderful let me say, idea. Let me say, Memphis, I can't, if, you, if you come to Memphis, you'll start getting fat. It's inevitable. It's too hot to eat. <laughs> have too much food. Uh, one of the things that he had there that made, that made me fall in love with my new brother-in-law was he had a peanut butter and banana bacon pie bar. Stop. Like a bar, a bar with many options for the pies. Oh, Not my like, gosh. So there was like five, six, seven peanut butter and banana bacon pie just set up. Oh, you know, my gosh. What this is, it's all these things mixed together in sort of like a banana puddingy, way too calorically dense thing that you really shouldn't eat. But when somebody's getting married, you just got to, you know, you got to go like with it. Isn't that like an Elvis thing? Yeah. It is an Elvis thing. Very good. Elvis was, <laughs> Elvis was the craziest son of a bitch. One thing he used to do was just, they would just get in a private jet, fly somewhere, order a bunch of stuff that he loved, and fly back, like go somewhere to Kansas City or somewhere. I think that's where he first maybe had his peanut butter and banana experience. No, it was Denver. Denver. Was it? They have it in Denver too? No, okay, that, well, that uh, his first peanut butter banana experience, I, I feel like I, I read that in a yeah, trivia yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It was like he and yeah. all his friends flew to Denver, had like a peanut butter banana bacon like burger or something. Get 40 sandwiches and yeah. fly back. Uh-huh. Well, shit. Well, let's do that. That's a pretty good lifestyle. That's a pretty good lifestyle. <laughs> but but there is some – I can't blame the guy. I don't – you don't want to eat so many that you can't digest food and you die on a toilet. But you do want to partake a little bit <laughs> in <laughs> combination that is peanut butter and banana because there's nothing much better than that. Yeah. Better than that. Anybody who's not tried that, I I don't know what you're doing. You got to get. I don't know. The, are you yeah. do you live? Are you an American? Yeah. Got some people don't like peanut butter. I gotta say, like you know what? I don't understand. I don't trust I them. Cultural differences and all that, but it's peanut butter. It's, I don't trust them. It's at like all. people who don't like chocolate. Yeah. What yeah. is that? Why? And then, and then do you have no pleasure center? How do you feel about puppies? Yeah. What about because rainbows? Of tangents. I also got to say, powdered peanut butter. Oh my god, that is a whole new 
a whole new angle on my love of peanut oh butter. Oh my gosh. The peanut butter, the regular peanut butter, all, yeah. all iterations of peanut butter. I could mm -hmm. not be more excited about. We recently also uh, discovered the powdered yeah. peanut butter, and we had poo-pooed it because yeah. we were like, oh. I made fun of it at first, and then now yeah. I eat like a jar a week. Oh, I did too. That's that's how it gets you. You yep. laugh, and then you mix it up with water, and you go, how does this taste so good? And how yeah. does it mix so smooth? Yeah. Why does this taste like, <laughs> it, why does this taste like peanut butter icing? Exactly. It's in my oatmeal or anything, oh, and all of a sudden, it's, a, I, yeah. it's the best thing in the whole world, and I will yeah. put it on everything all day, every day, and now I'm like, I'm eating my words. I just was <laughs> making my yeah. peanut butter coated words. I'm so happy. You start okay. going, I could do a podcast episode with all my loves of powdered peanut Yeah, butter. we could talk about all the ways that we like to eat it and enjoy it. <laughs> okay, so Chris, I know that, so you kind of hit a point where you were like, okay, I've said it all that I need to say. Was it more like, um, are you guys still like running Barbell Shrugged or you have you kind of closed that chapter and you're moving on to this new development? Yeah, well, the, the easiest way to, to put it is that I mean, quite naturally, we were a group of guys who've been saying a lot of things and doing a lot of things, and some of the guys want to take on some specific business challenges and stuff, and some guys want to, the team wants to do shows that are tried and true, what people have always liked about the show, and I agree with that too, but you know, more and more over the years, I've just had a big urge to really push the story angle. From time to time, you guys have seen episodes like um, maybe our favorite example, at least Char and I's favorite example would be uh, when we went to Sweden and did that. The Lico Barbell will show. We try to make it as much like a documentary mixed with what to know about a barbell and what to know about this company and also make it inspirational. Then we've done shows like um, like the Hero's Journey for Whalers, trying to paint a picture about how people can can see themselves in the role as one of these people they see on their social media feeds. Like a big thing I've been working on. I was like, how do I Again, it's one thing to say, here's how you make your ass bigger, here's how you get your pull-ups to go up, here's how you squat more, all this stuff. But also, like, how do I just help you see and help you feel the empowerment, help you see the possibility that you could be on the platform and you could be meddling and you could become a coach and you could have a podcast. And basically, the true essence of spiritual development is to have people feel the power within themselves. And a big problem I have is when people don't – they might squat a lot, they might crush these workouts, they might look like – you know, rich froning times two, whatever, like just <laughs> sexy and ripped and all that. But it just really breaks my heart sometimes when I see people who can't appreciate what they've earned, can't appreciate what they've fought for. And they, like I said, like, they, they, they are so quantifiably fit and strong and don't feel that way. I mean, that's where I think there's this power and this opportunity to further develop the ability of a story to communicate and to help sink in what the coach and what just the objective eyes reading a training article, what, what those filters don't allow for. So, I mean, I feel like my mission is to push that forward. So all we've been trying to do on the, the show so far is kind of refine that, refine that. And it got to the point where, like, the best way I could keep doing that and also push these new boundaries and not become uh, too much of an undue distraction from the thing I helped create, you know, that we found in that podcast. The best thing to do is to push and, and try something new. So you keep seeing great podcasts uh, – from the guys, the new coaches are just the best coaches we can find to help communicate the best knowledge possible. I'm really happy with um, kind of turning over the keys to to my baby to guys who I, I don't, wouldn't trust anybody else with it. Yeah, uh, well, and I, of course, I, I will say we did have a lot of listeners who said they missed your open hot tips. Yeah, yeah. You know, the last time I got I, I hit myself in the cake with a with a frozen cake, I almost broke my neck. I, I, totally, like, saw not, I totally saw that. I totally not doing that, that again. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing that was tough too, because at that point, you know, some of the guys are like they moved out to California, and I was in Memphis, and they're like, we gotta show something funny because people they got this workout and they gotta they gotta hear something. I'm like sitting in my garage going, what could I do to like I could put the neon on, but I could hit myself in the face with cake. That'd be a funny grand finale. And then that thing, I've been sitting in the garage for like an hour, way too long in a cold garage. I was like getting hit in the face with a big ball of frozen dough. Very yeah. unpleasant. Oh, no. Thank <laughs> oh you. Yeah. Like you can nail like a oh gigantic snowball. That's like my favorite, that, you know, like, I'm the first one to, lower, to do that. If I can also say a thing that helps people feel a little less nervous about that open workout, because all I was trying to do on that, on any of those videos, is like, well, these guys said all the tips. I mean, how many ways can I say, hold on the bar the right way, or here's right. how you do a pull-up. But what I could do is, like, if I can make these people laugh, just do something stupid and self-deprecating, then they'll laugh, and if they do that workout, they're gonna get, they're gonna do better, and that's a better, a good of a tip as you can give anybody. Totally gift yeah. of, not to sound like a, a cliche, but the gift of laughter yes. really does light the room. 
It's so true. People take the open so seriously. We always talk about that every year that it rolls around. So I appreciate it. I appreciated that you just made it so funny. Yeah. So, (laughs) so all the guys moved to California and you didn't, you stayed in Memphis. Well, we went through a bunch of shifts. I mean, like, like any crew, I mean, I guess like any band, uh, every, (laughs) every band member goes through such wild growth and, and we have all done that. We were all fundamentally different than when we began. And I, I might, well, Mike and I definitely have grown to the weirdest of the group. But, you know, we've grown weird and different. We wanted to ch- take on new challenges. And like I said, um, I'm happy for them to push and evolve the thing the way they want it. But I got to be where I felt I feel the urge to push in another direction. What's the most responsible thing you can do to honor the thing you love most is to let other coaches be heard because I feel like I don't have to bark so loud. And I really wanted my – my new focus not to be, hey, everybody see me in front of a thing interviewing people, I and mean, I still want to interview people, but I want to put way even more the focus on the subject, on the story, and I want to use everything I've learned from these experiences to tell those stories better, and if I can withdraw from it a little bit and get the story told better, that's really what my interest is. That's what I'm, I've, I'm willingly burn down everything. I'm willingly take myself out of the picture. If I can have the story told better. I mean, that's really what I'm fully committed to now, what I'm going to push as hard as possible into. So, are, so yeah. you, are you indefinitely in Amsterdam? Do you have a return date? Are you guys just going to play by ear? Well, this, so the situation is uh, I came over to Amsterdam. I'll be here from um, well, right now through to end of August, so three months. I think at that point the Dutch uh, authorities might come around and say, Mr. Moore, what about your visa status and all? <laughs> right. Well, I've got I've got a, a I've got a thing to do back in the states. A family, I think we got another family wedding or something in September. But then I'm coming back, I think, to the UK because in the fall we have. Um, I guess that's when if you say I've been a little silent. That's this summer and this fall is when my silence sort of ends. I'm gonna another big reason why I've decided to do maybe a little less of the stuff people have seen me do and more back to what I did before the podcast. I want to get back to uh, to being in front of people. And to feel what they're struggling with and to be right there to help in a live setting. So I'm getting that together. Actually, Julian Pinot and I, Julian from Strongford, are going to spend a lot of time this year touring around uh, Europe, coaching. Uh, he's doing a tour. I'm going to join and be a part of it and help punch up the story and add a little spice to that. And we're going to go around Europe beating the shit out of people, sharing the story of strength, <laughs> nice. inspiring people, uh, doing some interviews and some podcasts. I'm going to relaunch. Everything people have seen me done, I'm a relaunch, and just just as always, just humbly try to do, just try to make it better than what I've done before. I've got a lot I want to say and a lot of new ideas I want to mostly keep putting um, to the test against myself and keep having the experiments prove out in my life. And then basically as this whole thing like moving to a new country and starting a whole new host of activities and trying to gain new ground and do new exciting things. I want to share that with everybody. So people are going to hear a lot from me. I don't want to sound like I'm too distant and silent, but yeah, that podcast, the Barba Budo podcast will come back this summer. Um, I'm working on another book too. Hope I can get that done. I'm going to re-release my other books with new fancy designs and stuff. So I want to, I'm going to get everything back out there. It's just taking a little bit of time to reorganize, but it's an exciting time. Yeah, it's an evolution of everything you've done so far. Is there anything more specific? Like um, Katie, one of our listeners says, there's a secret that's coming in July. Can we get some hints? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, one thing, I, yeah well, one thing I'm doing is, I guess it's not too much of a secret, but uh, Shaw and I, Shaw's been helping us make some really extraordinary shows. Barbell show. we, we're together just teaming up uh, to carry that mission of doing uh, the story better and better. So we're going to do um, great documentary style shows where I find the stories that really, really resonate with me. So people who love Barbell Buddha and they love Barbell Shrug and what I brought to that, I only hope to take that and make it so much better now that people don't remember what I did before. That's always my standard. I want to put out a, a show that talks of strength and really, really makes people excited to see what experiments and what real changes they can uh, evoke and support and empower and, and fuel in their own life because that's one thing I've been very proud of is <clears throat> aggressively going after change in my life and then seeing how it really is when it shakes out and then sharing that experience. I only want more people to get a taste of it for themselves. So Ironheart Studio is what I want to put together. The whole the whole mission of that is going to be how do you responsibly, powerfully tell stories of strength and fitness that do not trigger feelings of people needing to be something other than what they are. I want people to feel 
empowered from within to be able to go out and do whatever they feel like they need to. Because so much in this realm is like, let me show you examples of why you're not big enough, why you're not strong enough, fast enough, why you're not lean enough, why your wide times aren't fast enough. People say they want to make people stronger, but the end result is people are disempowered and made to feel weaker and they're victimized. If, if you leave the gym feeling frustrated and weaker and not as good, <laughs> something's wrong with that, man. Right. So yeah. I the feel mission like- of the studio is to counter that, to be a beacon that says there is a better way. If you're not the strongest guy in the room, you're not the fittest, guess what? You are everything and more of what you need to be, and you don't need to worry about what's on the bar and how you are seen. Uh, the real power in your life can be evoked and supported through other ways. So I just want that the studio to release things that, that pump that message, and then we want to work with people who are great coaches and great fitness personalities and great people but you know and they have a great story to tell but they don't necessarily know how to be a coach and also tell that story so i want to help people tell their story too so that they are heard more effectively so this is a service we'll make our stuff but also take what we've got our skills and help other people be seen and heard yeah i feel like you're opening a portal of of uh information that people haven't really considered before which is really cool um, I have one quick question because I know that you, I know you were really inspired by Anthony Bourdain's show and I know that you were a fan of like Iconoclast and those types of shows. Yes. yes. So, um, what, if you could sit down for an episode of Iconoclast, who would be the person you would talk to? Oh man. I know, but I know you can answer this question. <laughs> you know, um. First, first reaction. Can I, can I be dead? Yeah. Man, every morning lately I've been uh, just flabbergasted at how great Leo Tolstoy was. One of the books I recommend more than anything. I just I would not dare leave anywhere without it is his calendar of uh, worldly wisdom. It was a daily devotional he put together. He had scoured every everything humanity had produced worth worth writing mm. and synthesized it down to the thing that you could read one page a day and that he was certain beyond all measure that if you read this one page you'd be better off than if you had read a hundred other books. And it's really true. I mean, people like Leo Tolstoy, if I could have a moment in their presence to talk and scratch their brain, it'd be really special. I guess, of course, one thing I do intend to do, because I am just I make big, bold goals and just go for it. I like to interview Bourdain. And I like to eventually do it where I could say, hey, man, like, how's it feel knowing I've done a show better than yours? That's just the secret. <laughs> of I want to eventually get there. Because one, one thing I do, and I, I recommend people do it, is it's really easy to sometimes feel like, man, I can't be that guy that guy's got all this going for him and he's a better writer and he can tell these stories and i can't tell stories like that i'm just a kid and this guy is 50 and he's had all these experiences it's easy to get like paralyzed with the fear yeah and it's easy to forget that everybody feels that fear and everybody who is a hero start off in diapers and like everybody that's the hero's journey right everybody's got to plow through and bust through that i would love to one day have the honor of saying you know, I looked to you, Anthony, and I, I marked my progress against yours. I looked to see where you were at in your 30s and 40s. And the fact that you in your 40s hadn't got there and you didn't quite get your break till you were 50. And look what you've done the time you've gotten. That fires me up that think that if I get that chance today when I'm 36, 37 and the years to come, if I can just build on what you've done, stand on your shoulders and, and, and take that ball further, then I know I've done my role. I'm very big on this. Once you see a method for doing it and somebody shows you a path, you can just totally just hop step along their path. They're leaving they're leaving cues on how you can do the same thing. And if you just test it, you, you'll start seeing it's true. That's all. I mean, crazy things happen to people when you start testing your feels and, and punching through them and realize, you know, if you just if you try and try and try and step forward daily, just like with a heavy snatch, you know, you try heavy snatch, even if it's 20 times in a row, if it's 20 days in a row. The magic starts happening a little further down the line when the cumulative effort really starts showing, and you realize you're so much further along than you really would have dreamed. Uh, if I could have those dialogues with a guy like Bourdain and uh, potentially with Leo, if I could have some sort of dream-like sequence, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> another guy, another guy who's always been really, really motivational for me is Henry Rollins, if only because he was a guy who came out and said, "Hey, I was just a punk kid." Not very good at anything, but I knew that I could take a shot. I knew I loved music. I knew I could do this. And when I got an opportunity, I went for it. And that's, I really, really take those examples to home. Like if you just 
pick some heroes and let them motivate you. God, you can do some incredible things. You just have to be persistent. You can't give up. You got to be a little stubborn. Well, I think what we do is we tend to idealize what their journey has been and think that it was easy. And I think Claire and I have talked about this before is just because you, I always say it wrong. What is it? It's just because I did it doesn't mean it was easy or what'd you say? Oh, that like, people, people assume that like, just because it worked for you, it must have meant that you had an easy time. Yeah. So it's so like it's, you stuck with, you wouldn't have so, stuck with it if it wasn't easy. Right. Like Anthony Bourdain. Oh, he got this show and he's so successful now. So it must've just been easy for oh, him. It just kind of fell in his lap. So, and, yeah. and I, <laughs> I love, I love talking about this process because especially when you were, I think you said this on one of your episodes of um, Barbell Buddha where it's um the doing is really where the magic happens and so the the trying and failing and getting back up and you know getting especially the example of the snatch you do a snatch you keep practicing you can read all about the snatch all you want but until you start doing it and i think that's where we are so stuck not to go off too far in the bunny trails but like we are stuck in society especially (laughs) of of not of we we take in information we sit on our computers we sit on our phones um and we don't do enough and of the like doing instagram posts yeah we like instagram posts and we make assumptions of make people's lives Pinterest boards. yeah we're like oh that person has it so easy how do i do that and i always i mean i say this every day to my patients in in the therapy realm of you got to get out in the mix of life and you've got to like mix it up and you've got to get out into a social situation you've got to you've got to get things moving in your life like the doing and Amy Poehler says this in her book too, is like the doing is the thing. The doing yeah. is the thing, not the talking, yeah. not the dreaming, like we were doing. Just, we were just watching. Have you seen the movie 180 South? I haven't, no. You should watch It's a good, it's like. Um, I'll write it down. Yeah, it's with uh, Yvonne Chouinard and Doug Tompkins. So Yvonne Chouinard started Patagonia, the clothing company, and Doug Tompkins oh, yeah. was. I've read his book, uh, Let My People Serve. Yeah, so he, it's a, a documentary by, a, I mean, kind of a documentary. It's like this young guy decides to kind of retrace Yvonne and Doug's footsteps from this uh, trip in Patagonia they did in the 60s. But anyway, they're talking about kind of like the evolution of dirtbagness and dirtbaggery, if you will. And uh, he says, you know, it's like the quest for the Holy Grail. Who gives a shit what the Holy Grail is? You know, it's just (laughs) the quest that's the important thing. The quest, yeah. It's so true. We do that all the time. Okay. Well, I I, I want to you got a new baby, right? Is that right? I do, yes. How old's your kid? He's seven months. All right, so the, the best way you can illustrate this thing is that to me it's just a staggeringly powerful example of wisdom that you gain from action and then what you can get from knowledge. Like when it comes to the hardest task, the really most mind-bogglingly hardest task a human being's ever going to really probably take on is just learning how to get up and walk around. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is how does a young baby who knows nothing do that? They, you stand them up, they walk, they fall, you stand them up, they walk. They, you keep falling yeah. and falling until you go, okay, I get a feel for how this is. I actually your read brain, it. I think yeah, your brain a- takes that big, you have all this neurological hardware. That's, yeah. This really is just there to try to manage how I navigate through a space and coordinate the bias. A lot of data. And no one ever gets on a board. You know, Kelly Stretzel says, well, okay, baby, make sure you externally rotate and do this sequence right. of one, two, three <laughs> movements. And oh, by the way, here's all this goddamn physiology and periodization theory that you got to wrap and then go out and and try to walk that just you'll never learn how to walk doing that and the problem is we kind of do that training i don't know how to train i don't know where to start what i do let me read let me try to read everything there is to read and know everything there is no and go to every seminar and try to wait till i'm knowledgeable enough to then maybe master this thing well no you do that you got to read you got to experience you got to take advantage of mentors like i said Stand on the shoulders of giants when you get the opportunity, but that is no, no, no replacement for playing and experiencing and touching and doing in the gym because you find what's true for you when you do that. You know? Yeah, he's he's actually he's trying to learn how to crawl right now, and it's so funny to watch because it's like I can't show him how to do it. I can't tell him what he's doing wrong. Yeah. You know, but and so just watching him learn, like, all right, if I bring my knee up here and I try to, nope, there's my face going into the ground. Okay, let me try to <laughs> get my hand over here. Nope, now I just rolled over. You know, but I read something the other day that said, I can't remember where I read this. And it uh, it said, you know, no baby um, learning to walk falls down for the hundredth time and says, you know what? I don't think walking is for me. Yeah, I'm just going to give this up. Right. Yeah, but people will quit. People go, you know what? I get, I, I can't get this weight. I'll never be strong. Yeah. What is the difference? What is the principle? I'm big on principle. What is the principle difference in what it takes to overcome a big challenge and accomplish something really worth accomplishing? Like learning to walk like like moving masterfully and joyfully with a barbell in your hands people expect to go from not being able to do that shit at all 
to being capable of going to the CrossFit Games in two years or less, or else yeah. I'm going to behave myself and I'm going to quit this shit because this is dumb. I want it all now. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah. Come on, man. Slow down and show some kindness to yourself. And you'll see that when you do that, the paradox is that's when sort of the greater responses and greater capacities kind of come out. Anyway, if you're having fun and you're really allowing yourself to play and experience, things happen real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I just think of, okay, one quick thing and then we, then we can move on from it. But I was just <laughs> thinking like, as you were talking about the like, the reading and the trying to seek, sometimes I think we can get really too stuck in the seeking and the observing instead of the doing. Like, and I think of like my 20s where I was constantly looking for things to make me happy. And I knew, okay, I, yeah. I knew that that wasn't the way I should be doing it. I just knew, but it was like, I couldn't not do that. And so even that journey of like, I was constantly reading books about, um, you know, self-development and self-improvement and how to get happy and how to find your happiness. And I was like, this isn't helping at all. And the only thing mm -hmm. that helped was to do stuff and to learn lessons and to get out there and to be patient because with time that improved, but it was not a quick fix. And the seeking just exhausted me. And it made me even more upset because I was like, I just, I was there's doing nothing, it backwards. There's nothing I was out doing there it backwards. for me. I'm never yeah. going to find my, you know. Right. And like Brandon I was and I too always, focused yeah, on that. Brandon yeah. and I always talk about that, getting in the mindset of I'll be happy when. Yeah. But I, I was, I, yeah. and yeah. I like knew that's not how I should be doing it, but I did it right. anyway. And it yep. was like, looking back, I'm like, man, I wasted a lot of time. I mean, I could, that's the, that's how <laughs> I had to go. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I'm just so glad now that I'm like, okay, yeah. now, now I'm pretty. Unfortunately, there's, there's never a way to shortcut the seeking. Everybody. There's know, really not. I think it's a natural process of human development. People, yep. see, here's the thing: people think that when you grow up, you're an adult. And the problem is that's not what happens. There's a physical maturity and a mental maturity, and most people don't necessarily take on the challenges and face the tough things straight through to get the real mental trigger that is needed to shed this whole idea that there's something outside of yourself that you need to find out that's going to make you ready to do what you want to do, make you smart enough, make you big enough, or good enough at coaching before you can be seen as a good coach or I got to find out what's out there before I can then find ease. It's the classic human seek and search and find. And then there's this moment where it can come, it can come all at once. It come little bits at a time. It can come via a big, powerful experience. It can come in a funny way, who knows, but there's this moment when you realize, Oh shit, I, there's nothing outside of me. I need to look for And the best simplest way of illustrating that you could, you can think of somebody urgently looking all around for their for their glasses. They can't find them. They can't find them. They could look all afternoon. They could look for the next hundred years until somebody says, "Oh, hey man, look on top of your head." And you go, "Oh, they're with me the whole the time." Whole time. <laughs> I was looking. You know, through my a, glasses. Actually, I was wearing them this whole time. Yeah, the classic thing is once you realize, oh, you know what? Maybe the thing I feel like that makes sense, and the thing that I feel like has worked for me and the people I've helped, the thing that I think seems most clear and I can now trust. There's a certain breaking point you've seen a lot and now you realize, you know what, I, I think I've got something here, right here with my hands that I can do. You know, I'm not trying any longer to compete in someone else's dharma, do what they do, follow their rules, try to make their rules my own and then feel the conflict and, and the confusion when I don't quite match. And then especially when a coach takes a thing from somebody else and they think they know it but don't quite got it and try to put it on somebody else and you see that classic like, they're trying to make a tool fit because they think the tool is really great and they're just trying to make it fit every situation. You cut through all of that when you start getting comfortable in yourself, what you know, what you can do, the experiences you've had, and you trust that. And then once your mindset shifts from trying to prove something to somebody else to being okay with what you are and just putting the focus on how can I take what I've got to help people. I've got some experiences I've tried to get strong and I've gotten some knowledge about what works and what doesn't. How can I share what I've done and see where people are doing some things I've done that maybe didn't work? And how can I just help them go a little quicker on their journey, help them get to where they're going just a little bit better, with a little less sorrow, a little less confusion, a little less self-flagellation? Now, if you can do that, that is an extremely, extremely empowering empowering thing to participate in. I think, yeah, I, I think too, the, um, the acknowledging that we're all individuals and we each have something specific to offer that until we're completely comfortable with who we are and what we have to offer, we're going to just compare ourselves to other others and say, oh, well, I, it's not going to be as good as so-and-so. And we recently started a, like a little Girls Gone Wad book club and we read Amy Cootie's book, um, Presence. And she talks a lot about the imposter syndrome and how people will often feel like, well, you know, I'm sitting here in, at 
Stanford and I don't belong here because everyone else here is smarter than me. So I think we get yeah. stuck on that too of, well, what do I have to offer? Well, you are you 100%. It's like Dr. Seuss quote, you know, like no one is youer <laughs> yeah. than you. And that is what you have to offer. Yeah, absolutely. So. I, 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 and I think I'm, you know, it's so heartbreaking to think that if I can only become like somebody else, then I'll get what I want. But the, the, the really humbling thing I've learned is that here I was, a, a guy who was not so lean or strong or anything in particular, but just tried to do what he did. And I found that when, I think when anybody out in the world finds another person who is just uh, willing to be vulnerable, willingness to show who they are and to use a voice that is just their voice, man, it's a fresh, refreshing thing. I think once people see how powerful it is, like once people see you just being you, it cuts through everything. It's the most, it's the most people you, just, you yourself will look up to the most are just people who are just being them. They're not the strongest. They're not the sexiest or best or whatever, but they may be the best at just conveying who they really are. Or at least they don't let a fear or hang up get in, in the way of them communicating what they really would hope to communicate. So I, I'm very much very eager to just try to master the art of being myself. And that's, that's a big challenge because for people to connect with themselves and really allow themselves to be what they are and to get the big flourishing that comes from that, it's a scary thing. It's a tough thing to take on, but you can do it with a little bit of reps. <laughs> well, and, and that's a perfect kind of lead in into, you know, we've been talking a lot this month as we've interviewed a lot of different men about the expectations that are, that men put on themselves that maybe we as women don't, don't tend to recognize because as women we think oh you we know, assume that you we, guys are like the more dominant that, yeah we assume that you mm -hmm. know like the the types of expectations that are put on us specifically in the gym but also just in life of like you know as women we feel a little bit more like the underdog just in mm -hmm. general and so when we look at men a lot of times as a group we can tend to think oh you know they don't face these problems they you know they, people don't look at them and expect you know, expect certain things. They don't feel these pressures the same ways that we do. Um, and, you know, we talked a little bit even just about body image, about men who, um, you know, like my husband Brandon or we had uh, Chris Garofoli on a little while ago. You know, these these tall kind of thin body types feeling like they need to be more, more muscular. And then, in the you know, the reverse, just there is this ideal um, mm. male persona that we, you know, we kind of knew existed, but I don't think we really acknowledged until this past month how – present that that can be in a lot of men's minds especially in the fitness world and so um you know just kind of taking that mindset that you were just talking about of like you know you need to kind of figure out what it means to be you did you ever you know when you came into this i know i know you've been in the fitness world forever but how did those expectations kind of impact and get you to this point i only ever have my own experience to share and i do have a lot of experience in the phase of being the uh yelling, grunting, let me see how much attention I can get in the gym type of guy. I mean, I started lifting in middle school, trained seriously throughout high school and college as a football player, and then 10 years of professional, not professional, but the very serious competitive powerlifting stuff. Even a time where I pushed my physical being up to 370 pounds in order to just maximize how much load I could fit on my big ass back. Because at some point I thought the more I could squat, the more I could prove that I was strong enough. The more I could show I knew and the more I could lift, you know, speaking to all those energies, the more I knew that maybe I'd get to a point where it was enough and people would say, yeah, he's proved himself. Mm -hmm. and of course, that, that little voice lives in your head as the person trying to do the proving. And of course, it's a, it's a bit of a fever. I mean, you can go into gyms. Uh, you can see plenty of people who don't have this problem. They're balanced. They're, they're even. They, they can train. They can be and they go and do other things. They're balanced. And there's some people who it's very clear they're under a lot of pressure. They have high expectations for themselves. They are going to slam the barbell and prove a point that this is what I can lift. And I know that feeling all too well because I remember what it was like to, to, feel, to feel like you had to do it. You wanted to, to conquer that weight. You thought about it all day. Uh, five pounds more, five pounds more. Let me incite uh, all these strange feelings I don't really understand, all this anger, because I know I feel it, but I know I can use it and lift more and be more. And the problem is, like anything, the more you stoke those powerful emotions and the more you don't get an actual clear release from it, like whoever, whoever desperately wanted something, when they got it, they didn't desperately want just a little bit more of that thing. You know, strength works the same way and they, you keep wanting more of it because you keep hitting that button that once I get enough of it I'll be able to then be what I need to be 
And I think the sad part is when guys are in the gym and you see them very desperately trying to get attention or to show how much they can lift. You know, fundamentally, here's a person, I think, and it won't be this way for everybody, but again, I just know how these feelings resonate with me. Uh, you won't ever quite be able to satisfy that feeling. And when, when the anger starts kind of not being fully expressed in like kind of exercise when you're training, when your body starts failing and you still have this big need to prove, then it becomes dangerous. Then you have feelings of, of anger and disappointment in yourself and uh, you know all these things that pop up and you can't quite then deal with it. So people don't know how to feel what they're feeling and they're trying to express it the wrong ways. And of course, when you see that guy, you think that he's the alpha and he's, he's got this stuff figured out and that's fine. But really inside, this is you're saying the, the flip-flop of the emotions is what's true. And I think the best way to describe it is like how whole is a person? You see a pile out there yelling and screaming or a guy who's obviously trying to prove a point. It could very much be that the, the energies in him that are counter that, like talk about the Josh Hahn experience, the, uh, his ability to empathize and connect, his ability to slow down and be quiet, which I ex- would say is all qualities of a very, very strong individual, strong man. If you can lift a lot of weight and you know when to be quiet and empathetic, now you are essentially whole and balanced. So but how what, long what did most... it take for you to get there? Like, were you always this way? Because you're so, oh, no, you're so no. like in touch with yourself. <laughs> like, you're you're so self aware. You're so you know, you have so many angles to people's perspectives, and you know, diving into the spiritual piece. Like, have you always been that way? I say, I'd say maybe. Um, I only knew that I had to try a different path maybe eight or ten years ago. I realized, man, I. The train is starting to get a little wobbly. This is not quite working anymore. I felt the call to develop into something else, and it started getting harder and harder to be yelling, screaming guy. I felt that, like a boxer whose time has come, I felt like this wasn't good enough anymore. I started very intentionally doing things like I would come into the gym and it'd be a lot of pathers ready to do like a max effort deadlift session or something. I'd be like, you know what? We're going to listen to, uh, I wouldn't say like, not exactly this example, but I'd play something like Coldplay or something. Something intentionally slow mm-hmm. and something that caused people to think and slow down. And I took this advice from Henry Rollins, play a ballad in a gym and see what kind of response you get. Can people connect with emotions and, and la- allow a, a, a soaring love tune fuel their workout. And if they get uncomfortable and worried about that, why are you getting uncomfortable and worried about that? Why do you have to have death metal? So I started trying to push those boundaries, you know, and I really came out about eight years or so. I guess the last five years have been a heavy, like how far can I go with this? And oh, by the way, how many people am I meeting that are also doing this? People like, you know, the best example of, of, strong, great masculine coaches who are developing strong, balanced athletes who are just as strong as anybody else who's who's overly intense. People like Travis Mash, people like Coach Mike Bergner, who well, we're putting out a show, a special edition of Barbell Shrugged on just in a couple of months, I think, or just a couple of weeks. Uh, it's a documentary on him that shows what is possible when a strong male figure, we're keeping it male, for example, here. Yeah. A strong male figure can embody intensity and can be uh, angry when necessary and utilize that for a good aim, but can also feel empathy and can connect and can be patient and nurturing, especially with their athletes. If you can foster feminine qualities of connection and making people feel safe and making them feel like they're tr- they can trust you and trust where they're at, and you can turn up the intensity when required to balance that. Essentially, if you can be whole and balanced as a man, then you see what I would call extreme strength, confidence, the need to not shout, the need to be firm when you need to be firm, and then, and the ability and the capacity and understanding to be uh, soft and kind and patient when that is what's more required, and to be able to miss a lift when you really wanted it and it didn't work out, and to be able to pull back and show yourself some grace and kindness. Guess what? If you're not so damn intense and you can show yourself some grace and kindness and you can love and appreciate the people you train with, not just be tough guy, you have a calmer, stronger group. Everybody trains harder. Everybody recovers faster. Everybody has more fun. And guess what? Everybody fucking gets stronger. They don't have to be intense. They don't have to yell and scream. And this faux need to be, you know, alpha, let's take eight servings of C4 via nasal injection or whatever before I go and yell and scream <laughs> and fucking do. This is all unnecessary. And it's right. worse. It's eroding your ability to be a balanced, spiritually strong person, a spiritually strong man. 
Yeah, and we and one of our listeners had a, a question for you about you know striking balance, and you know she has young kids or a couple of kids, and she coaches, and you know just asking about how do you find balance and all that, and I think you know kind of what you're saying is you need to be able to have a perspective that there's a bigger picture when it comes to any one of those things. Yeah, and then um, a very kind perspective of which what is actually in my life, what's in my way, what barriers and real considerations do I face? People will um, set a very high standard and say, I want to squat this, do this workout time. At the same time, they know that they've got a job that's very tough. And they know they commute an hour each way. And they've got a husband who is short-tempered. He's stressed with his thing. And the kids got to be at soccer practice. But still, all these things go on. They will not lower the expectations for themselves. They won't. They get injured, and they still think that they should push through the injury. They won't step back to see what the cause of that is. There's a, people can be very unkind themselves and very aggressive. So I think anytime, and it's, it's why I want to do what I do. Anytime I can point out through a story or a silly podcast how you can uh, calm down, be slower, be kinder, develop complementary capacities to be these other like feminine qualities, for example, how that feeds into and unlocks and allows other things to be possible. Like I've just seen now through this podcast and through the people I've talked to, individuals who applied that mindset and balance themselves and they kind of have you guys ever seen uh pleasantville the movie i think the end yes. of that movie is so astonishing as a way to communicate there's all these shades within you and there's things that are underdeveloped and there's things that you already have enough of and you have to say what in my life do i have enough of can i honestly admit that to myself haven't i done enough of xyz should i try to push harder here these qualities i know i could develop and who knows what comes of that? We'll have the courage and the patience to draw these forward. When you become balanced and whole, amazing things happen. That's actually to even pull that into uh, strength conditioning. Just think of an athlete who is trying so desperately to peak a certain lift. Like I'm going to make this snatch go up no matter what, and they're doing that by robbing from some other part of the body. They're compromising some other position to get this position. They are squeezing their being in order to make one variable of that being pop up and show itself versus removing the things, the key logs, as Julian would say, that prevent your being and your strength and your whole essence from just flowing. It's like if you're trying so hard to make a workout happen and you don't know, you're eating right, you're doing the paleo thing and you get the workout and you get, I don't know what's going on. Well, are you happy? Are you resting? Have you found some peace at home? Are you trying to burn every candle at every end? These are these are very practical things that people just skirt over. Oh, yeah. Don't, for sure. don't often just take an honest look at it. Because if you just look at it and give yourself just a little bit of patience, man, it gets a whole lot easier to get a really great effect in your life and in your relationships and at home with your kids. Yeah, people you be more patient and more satisfied with your training and at work. You come home and there's way more ability to have a buffer for your kids when they're no, I totally Yelling, agree. Screaming yeah. and doing all the stuff they're doing. Because people people really, really underestimate the importance of that. And I also want to, I may be reading into this a little bit, but I, one of our listeners asked about your appearance and that you've, you appear to have lost some weight. Is that something that you feel like is, um, I mean, what's that been like for you? Is I feel oh, like there yeah. might be like some kind of crossover of like, yeah. change and, and self growth, <laughs> but what is that, what has that been for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm going to take Gandhi's advice and I will never ask anybody to consider an idea that I'm not heavily trying to put on myself and try to test out and see if it's true or not. I just don't ever believe in laying out something that you're just saying to say. I just really hate that. So a lot of what I talk about, I the first want to see how it works and see how I might change and adapt because of it, you know. And people ask me all the time because I've lost probably like 40 or 50 pounds since I I guess it's six months ago, and then, of course, my heaviest, I was 370 pounds, and right now I'm about 230 pounds. I'm still pretty strong. And that comes as a whole lot of lessons you learn about changing leverages and all that, and again, those kindness lessons are a big deal. And people ask me, what did you read? How are you training? Uh, how are you eating? And I will speak specifically more to that as I get to doing all these shows, but I would like people to consider that maybe it's got a whole lot less to do with how you train and what you eat than how you are as a person, how you feel, and what you are prepared to feel about yourself and how much attention you're putting in yourself. Like as soon as I started getting up with real devotion every day, a big moment for me was when I went to Wim Hof's breathing camp with uh, Charlotte and I went with uh, Brian McKenzie. So this was like last summer. I got a really cool experience doing really deep breathing together there with Wim Hof. And if you guys haven't played around with deep breathing, Wim Hof's got a great method. Basically, breathe in a whole lot of air first thing when you get up in the morning, and it just supercharges you. So I, I started doing that for um, 
every morning at 4 or 4.30 for about 30 minutes. So basically 30 minutes of deep meditation, which is what that breathing inspires. And I committed to really focusing on, on uh, an hour of study and then really being diligent on how I was treating myself and the expectations I was having on myself and really doing a lot less. I started training a lot easier. And then, boy, when I became more aware and more at peace with what I wanted to do and achieve and what I didn't need to do and achieve anymore, I gave my body a little grace and love and room to breathe, basically. Quit trying to force a thing on it. Quit trying to still be big, strong, powerful guy. As soon as I just let myself be what I needed to be, weight starts falling off. I lost 10, 20 pounds in a matter of weeks, and it has stayed off, and I feel better. I feel rejuvenated. Uh, you just have to be willing to let go fully of the identity that you're holding on to. I mean, for years, I couldn't lose weight no matter what I tried. Why? Because I still really needed to be the biggest, strongest guy in the room. I really needed to prove something. I still had a lot I needed to say. And until, until I got through that, what difference would it make to dial macros up and down a little bit or to change my program from this program to that program? Yeah. The upstream thing was still the bigger issue. I needed just to spend a little more time working on myself, to know myself, to develop myself, to realize what was special about just me being me. I didn't have to keep growing and being strong just to keep doing it for some reason. Right. And once I just let go of the identity thing, then it got so much easier to do what you had to do just to let your body lose the weight. It's more like letting myself lose the weight than doing anything that triggered it, you know? Yeah. One of our listeners uh, wanted to know if you still have Vice Friday and what uh, what will a Dutch Vice Friday look like? <laughs> Man, you know what? I... I, um, if anything, I do ice more often. I just have a little bit less, but my, I'm such a whore for ice cream. It's crazy. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> I remember all your ice cream. Mm. I could, um, I don't need cake. I don't need chocolate or candy, this, that, and the other, but I, I need, I need ice cream and I need it to be high quality and I really need it just to be simple vanilla. I love simple vanilla ice cream. I tend to eat it by like a half gallon sometimes, I'm not joking. And they got a place across the street here, it's a Dutch ice cream place, and the Dutch dairy is astronomically good. So yes, I still do a Vice Friday, and usually it's a whole hell of a lot of a really super premium ice cream, because I uphold that if you get good ice cream with minimal ingredients, this is cream, sugar, and from good cows and all that, that you eat that, and you always just feel fantastic. It's like my body always says, thank you for doing what you did. Like the weight doesn't, like, I just make sure that I still do the things during the week that I need to do. I breathe, I walk, I lift heavy those three times. I make sure all the conditions and stimuli are there for me to be what I am, which is more and more happy and doing these things. So then it takes a whole hell of a lot of ice cream to make my weight shift. <laughs> I can still really, really, really enjoy my that, ice cream. That's what life's about, right? Yeah. We get, we get real is. rigid in our lives. And I think talking to you really is a good reminder of just being expansive instead of restrictive. Rigid, rigid things break. Hard things are weak. As it says in the Tao Te Ching, soft things like water, things that are malleable, things that can move and flow, ultimately have the, the best ability to carve through whatever stands in their way. So people who are soft and gentle and can bend you know, are the ones who can make the world change and bend to their will. Whew. That was a good, that was a good one. That like, hit me in the feels. Oh. <laughs> I, I really believe it. I mean, it happens to be true. Yeah, People it's amazing. If you if you can't ask yourself questions and you're not willing to change, and you won't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Well, we are out of time, and I'm really sad about it. But we're gonna have to do this again soon because this was such a wonderful conversation. Well, thank you for having me. I hope I didn't get too. Oh, it was wonderful. Are you kidding me? We're the queen of <laughs> of of uh, bunny trails and tangents, and <laughs> yeah. I could not be more happy to have this conversation with you. So you are at Barbell Buddha on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, the googling. Uh, the googling. The googling. Yeah, if you search for Barbell Buddha, you'll find a way to get in touch with me. People can. Uh, you go to ironheartstudios.com and hit the little inquire button, or you can go on instant. Don't send me an Instagram direct text message. People no, do that. Those are horrible. That's what we did. Yep. Yeah. But I know. Are... But like, I feel that I feel bad because like uh, 
I do the Eight, same thing. 12 weeks will go by and go, oh, shit, I never saw this. Yeah. I feel like the dick who just ignored these people. No, it's but it's just not easy. It yeah. doesn't notify you. I totally understand that. Oh, well, I'll have the same thing happen to us. If people me or emails me or whatever, I, I stop what I'm doing usually to respond. Yeah, to yeah. or on Facebook, like PSA, Facebook. don't send us a Snapchat message. Yeah, don't. We can only see that one time. Yeah, one time. Don't send us Snapchat. And, don't like, send us one on, on, on uh, Instagram. I never see those. Yeah, so, yeah, but I, I mean... mean Yet I, I send one to Chris, which is so yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did so, find it, and I felt you, you could probably tell by the tone of my response. Like, oh, please don't think I was a dick ignoring. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. That's good. That's good. That's so awesome. Yeah. So IronHeartStudios.com, and then yeah, together with Charlotte Miles, we're launching that uh, in July. It's going to be a really, really fun way for uh, us to make stories and really. I just want to keep putting things out there that are interesting and different, and that keep leading people down this little rabbit trail we got going on yeah to continue to think and expand and i love your podcast barbell buddha so everyone can find him i you know our listeners already know you so i don't even need to say that but you guys can find him anywhere at barbell buddha on instagram twitter etc and then ironheartstudios.com remember you guys can subscribe to girls gone wad podcast on itunes leave us a review let us know what you think please subscribe that supports the podcast as well as supporting our sponsors for athletics.com discount code is ggw and kalo.com discount code ggw that's it for this week and we'll see you next time have an awesome one thank you chris thank you guys it was a pleasure all right bye bye <laughs> hey joy and claire again we really hope that you enjoyed the last hour and that you got as much out of it as we all did Keep your eyes on Ironheart Studios in the coming weeks. Chris's good friend and the Ironheart Studios producer, Charlotte, is going to be compiling all of Chris's past work, including you know all of his blog posts, hundreds of podcast episodes, and getting it all up there so that it'll be accessible all in one place. And don't forget to support Ironheart Studios and Chris's legacy at gofundme.com forward slash more Ironheart. Love you guys. Love you guys. <laughs>